we've got about 5,000 investors in our database that buy from us on a regular basis. They're repeat buyers. And I think that's one of the opportunities for agents to be able to get into the investment uh, business and make sure that you've got a database of people who come back to you again and again. They buy from you. Then they often will flip through you. So if they're, if they're buying it, you're going to get a commission on the front end. You're going to get a commission on the back end. And then you may end up reselling it. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents in our industry hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That's the question. And this podcast is the answer. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. Hey, I have a new interview today. I get to interview two guys that I met you know, several years ago when I first started getting into single family home rentals and traveling and going to conferences. You know, I met both these guys, some of the first people that I connected with. And over the last few years, we've seen each other at least a couple times a year at some of these events. So these guys aren't just real estate agents, they're real estate investors. We get to talk to Adam Whitmire and Jared Garfield today, both from Housefolio Services and really looking forward to seeing if we can talk to you guys about you know, how you can combine being an agent with investing with all sorts of tools and tricks that are out there. So Adam and Jared, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having us, Aaron. We're excited to be on the show. Aaron, it's what? great to be with you today. Yeah, thank you. So let's let's start with Jared. So where where do you live right now, Jared? And what's the whole environment like for you know COVID, coronavirus, riots? Like what's what what was it like where you live right now? Well, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, right now. I'm not, and, and we're doing investing across several markets in Georgia, Alabama, and Indiana right now. But obviously, the Atlanta market uh, is people are concerned, and and there's a lot of protesting going on. Most of it's uh, pretty peaceful. We drove uh, through a lot of. Uh, protests on Sunday with with uh, mixed race, you know, both white and and African Americans joining together peacefully, uh, trying to make sure that, that their concerns are heard. Uh, but Atlanta did get uh, some looting and some 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 damage to buildings, as as, as I think everybody's seen on the media uh, in Atlanta. Yeah, you know, both the places that I live. So the we live you know near Sacramento, California, half the time, and Austin, Texas, the other half the time. And both of those cities also got hit. Also got hit with uh, with a little bit of everything. Right, you get a, a little bit of protesting, a little bit of looting, a, a, you know, a lot of peaceful protesting, everything else, and the, and really, I mean, it, I think everybody would say it's been, totally been amplified by the fact that after three months at home, uh, the like Atlanta was probably struggling just through coronavirus and COVID, yeah. and I've had a lot of guys on the show recently from Atlanta, um, yeah, that were still trying to do some deals. Adam, how about you? Well, I'm also in Atlanta, Georgia, right. an Atlanta native, so of the southeast, and. You know, it's, it's kind of like, like Jared said, we, you know, but actually Jared's on the south side, I'm on the north side, so I guess it's a little bit different, and we're not affected, we're not affected by COVID, haven't been affected significantly, mm-hmm. other than the fact, other than the quarantine, you know, haven't been quarantined, it's been a really interesting experience, honestly was able to get a lot of family time in, I've enjoyed spending extra time with family since the kids don't have anywhere to go. We just had a baby three weeks ago, so that's number seven. We're done. Congratulations. And yeah, so I've just been working at home the best I can, putting in noise blockers and everything in the background, you know, fake backgrounds from space, all that stuff that you do when you're working from home. I love how you very subtly said you just had number seven. 
Yes. Right? Like, you're like, hey, you had another baby, number seven. Face when he said number seven. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That is really, I, That's I always bad. love it when, I'm, when I get to brag to people and say, hey, I've got four kids. <laughs> I've got four kids, uh, and we're on a plane. We take up a whole row, we, or, or, or right. a whole side, and you're like, now we've got seven, Aaron. Yeah, like, we don't I, get I on never planes. felt so weak. We don't get on planes. We just do the horse and carriage to cross country, and that's how we, <laughs> we, we, we you know, migrate when we go visit cross country. So, How was it to have a – so when you had your baby, I mean, totally off real estate topic, when you yeah. had your baby – was everything still on shelter in place? Quarantine yeah, yeah, shel- yeah, we were completely quarantined. So I was wondering if they were going to let me in. Mm-hmm. So, it, but it was just me and her. Nobody could visit, and nobody could really leave. So we were literally quarantined in in the hospital, and it was awesome. You know, when yeah. you've got six kids at home, it, there's never a dull moment. So for us to be in the hospital for like a couple of days of quiet peaceful other than my wife giving you know delivering the baby was obviously very difficult now she the funny thing is which she did it like a champ and the funny thing is she had to take a covid test while we were there that's part of their uh, procedures and she said that was worse that was the only time i saw her cry the whole two days we were there i've heard that that covid test is so brutal so horrible yeah, you know, one of the things you said there too is the part of part of quarantine for me and my family has been uh, has been good. Has been a yeah. good, you know. There, yeah. There's a there's plenty of there's plenty of bad if you look for it, right? There's plenty of struggle and bad and business struggles and everything's more difficult. But it has helped us focus on family yeah. time and what's important. Seeing the kind kids of, come together and spend more time together, it's really yeah. been it's been pretty amazing. Yeah, totally, totally. Ha- so when you find, just like anything, when you look for that silver lining and you look, when you look for the positive, you can usually find it. When you look for the negative, you can find it. And there's a lot of lessons to be learned. And, um, it, you know, one of the, somebody, it, go ahead. St- you know how people often say stepping stones or stones or stumbling blocks, right? The COVID, I think, has really been a stepping stone for us as a family and for us as a company. It allowed us to make that leap from being about 92% virtual office and company to a hundred percent virtual we still have an office that we don't use but this has really allowed us to spread and become more scalable and we've we've really enjoyed it yeah kind of for, it forced forced a lot of technologies uh to jump and grow and the and we see jared's bringing his family on there now too so the that is that is one of the things that we get to do during quarantine my son brax i think you guys have seen on social media he jumps into in the, into the podcast he runs some of the shows you know, so Adam, we'll stick with you for just a minute before we jump back and forth to the team that you and Jared do together. So when did you get started in real estate? How did so, you get started? Interestingly enough, I just I would just served a mission in Japan for two years. I'd just come home. Uh, I have a background in real estate. Everybody in my family, I grew up in with a lot of real estate investors, builders, developers. As soon as I got home, Jared was like, hey, go get your real estate license and come work with me he had started a company called a wonderful life realty and he actually paid for me to get my real estate license come work with him we him and i worked together prior to going to japan living in japan and i got the license i was really only interested on the investment side primarily and jared i think was really interested in the investment side as as well because his his business went that direction as well and but that was in 2002 about 18 years ago and um, we did the, the real, traditional real estate for just a couple years before getting into the investment side and focusing on that. Wow. So you guys have been working together. So you and Jared have been working together since 2002. 
since 2002, him and I have been working together on and off. On our, We have our own companies, and we have some joint venture companies as well. So, yeah. I didn't realize that. Like, from all the times we've chatted, I didn't realize how long you guys have been working. Because that's like a lifetime ago. And one, one of my business partners, I started work, you know, we started working together with JJ, you know, in 2009. And so we're on year 11 or 12, but that's been my longest time. But you guys had us by like seven years. That's, that's I don't incredible. know what company this, you know, how, which we've done this for so many different companies, real estate <laughs> companies. And I don't know what number company this is, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been a long time coming, but it's been a blessing. We've seen a lot of success, seen a lot of challenges like every real estate agent. We've found out what works, what doesn't work. And, you know, how to found out the hacks that, of working with investors and have really found our niche in, in that side. Yeah. So you said your first couple of years, you had traditional real estate mm-hmm. agents agency. And after a couple of years, switched to more right. investment stuff. And now you guys mostly manage, you know, for investors or your own investments and things That's like right. that. So if you were going to, if you're going to give someone advice when they're first starting as an agent, and they are, you know, what, what's something that you wish you would have been told in your first year when you were just doing traditional real estate that you learned later about, about any of it? You know, honest, honestly, I think the two big things, the biggest things are taking the, a profile test and knowing what you're good at and what you're not good at, which I did early on and I knew. And so you spend the rest of your career trying to figure out how to adapt who you are, what your passion is, what you love doing with this industry so that you can make money. So the first one was understanding what you're good at and what you're not and just, and just you know, dealing with that. But then the second thing was finding mentors and coaches and people that, you know, you, know, you can work with. Nobody gets where they are on their own. It just doesn't work that way. Everybody has help. Everybody has a coach, a mentor, someone. And, so those were the two things that were very important. The first one I did, I did a little bit, you know, but when you're young, you think you can improve yourself. You think you can change mm-hmm. and you do get better at what you do. But at the end of the day, you have to understand that you're built for something specific and you spend all this time figuring out what that is. And if you align that with your passion, your goals and your drive, that's when you make amazing things happen. And, and so it took some, uh, some time to figure that out and, you know, where that was and, and what I was going to do and then finding the right mentors along the way and the right really partners, which happened to be the, the right partner, plus only working with people that you just would trust, only working with people you would take a vacation with, only work with people that you'd be in the trenches with, right? And, and, and that's it. And I, I've had to learn, a, you know, all of these in some respects, the hard way, but yeah. ultimately, you know, we've, you know, found the way. I like that. So you said, find your skill set and your personality because everybody's got one and then kind of focus on kind of that niche, whatever yes. that is. The, um, some people love crunching numbers. I love doing data now. I love crunching to see how much was this house worth? Like really getting down to, yeah. and if I'm going to sell it three weeks from now, this is the, this is the price right? The, finding your niche, find a mentor. The, that's, you know, that's great advice to give around. And then something you kind of threw in at the end was choosing your partners wisely. I think those, those are three good things for new agents. Rockstar Nation, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. Hey, I hate to interrupt the current podcast that you're listening to, but I am so excited to share this with you. I just finished interviewing the original host of this podcast, my good friend, Pat Hyben. 
Now, I got to talk to Pat about how he started his real estate career and a whole bunch of tips and tactics that he used to be successful. So if you haven't listened to it yet, go check out State of the Market number 49. On there, I get to talk to Pat about all those different things. You know, and in there too, he talked a lot about his Six Steps for Seven Figures book and training program that he built over the last couple of years. And I realized I haven't done a good enough job of reminding all of you lately about all of the resources that we've built for you out there. So if you want to check out Pat's course, we've got like a three minute summary video when you go to it. It includes so many easy to follow tips that you can follow on it like a day to day basis. You can email reminders, all sorts of different things that come with that course. You find that you go to rebusuniversity.com, R-E-B-U-S, rebusuniversity.com. Look at courses. You can find the six steps for seven figures book. And really there's a whole bunch of other courses in there too. Our normal prices used to be $1,500 or $2,000 a course. These are real deal professional courses. But now uh, during quarantine, a lot of them are priced down to like 90 bucks, 95 bucks. So we've slashed the prices because we know right now is a time for everybody to be focusing on growth and education, especially while they're feeling like they don't have as much to do. And if you go in there and you figure like, like there's a lot of different courses you want, Maybe you don't want to buy the a la carte. You can go to futureofrealestatetraining.com and you can get access to all of our different courses for 97 bucks a month. I think there's a discount on there if you go a year or there's even like a lifetime option that you can pay. You get access to every course we've ever put on Rebus University for as long as we have it. So go check out those options, Rebus University or futureofrealestatetraining.com. All right, back to your podcast. Sorry for the interruption. So Jared, let's jump over to you. So you got your agent, your license a few years before Adam, right? I think you said that you, have a, you were part of a big KW, KW office and you're like number two out of 350 agents, something like that. What, when did you get your license and, and tell us about that? Why did you get into real estate? I got my real estate license shortly after uh, watching a late night television show on TBS that had a Carlton Sheets uh, advertisement about making money with no money down. And that appealed yes. to me at 21 years old. Uh, like Adam, I just got back from two years of missionary service for our church. I didn't have any money. I was a broke college student. We had about $20,000 that we could use for a down payment on a house ourselves. I, I bought the Carlton Sheets course. They wanted like $6,000. I got them down to where they gave me everything except for the coach for $79. And then I thought, well, hey, for 79 bucks, I'm sure I can learn something. So I started going out uh, and buying houses using the Carlton Sheets program. And I, the agents that I got were so lousy, I'd ask them about what the return on investment was or what the cash on cash return or the cap rate was. And they would look at me kind of dumbfounded and they didn't know the answers to any of those questions. So I'd say, well, let's start with something simple. What's the square footage? And they didn't know the answer to that. They're like, well, let me check the tax records. And I would literally walk through houses and people would, get, would go, hmm, this is the library. And that over there is the... Formal, formal living room. And I just yeah. thought, this is ridiculous. I, I, I don't need somebody to, uh, to you're an overpaid locksmith. You're opening a door telling me nothing that I don't already know that I can't get right out of the MLS or right out of the real estate book because that's how old I am. They actually, you know, would use real estate books, that, you know, back then. And I just was disgusted by the service that I got from most real estate agents. And so I decided to get my real estate license. And so what I did is I went out and found the lady who was willing to be my broker. And I said, look, I'm going to do a ton of deals. I've already got six people ready to let me sell them their first house, become my broker. I'll give you a 10% cut. And she said, great, I'll, I'll do that. So she, she took a 10% cut when everybody else wanted 50%. And I went out and recruited uh, about 35 agents. We opened up a wonderful life realty uh, on the concepts from the movie uh, with George Bailey. 
And the, it was kind of like the, the biggest reason when I hear you describe that, the biggest reason you actually got your real estate license is because the real estate agents you were hiring weren't providing value. So you're like, I, there's got to be a way to be able to provide better value. They're not, they weren't, they weren't helping you in the process. And so if you were going to give an agent advice when they're first starting and they're showing houses for an investor or somebody, you know, I think it sounds like maybe part of that would be know your numbers when you get in there, but what sort of advice would you be giving somebody new in real estate? Well, I think the first thing is, is give tremendous service. Do something that sets you apart where, where people can say, wow, this guy is amazing. He really gives incredible services. One of the guys on my team had a BMW 745 in his 20s, and it was, a, it was three or four-year-old, five-year-old model, but he would carry around like a cooler with drinks and a little mini refrigerator, and he'd give drinks and champagne glasses and stuff like that. I mean, figure out something to make yourself set apart, know what you can do better than anybody else, and do that. I think, I think that's really important. I think it's really important to get into some sort of business that ends up being residual. Uh, whether that's that you go find a home builder. Adam, when he first got his license, he went and worked a brand new subdivision for us uh, where we were developing a new subdivision. Those builders, once you have that relationship with the builder, they come back to you and give you more and more inventory if you do a good job. And maybe you can't list the whole subdivision, but couldn't you get some small spec builders that were doing two or three homes at a time? You know, the investment space, I believe that every agent needs to get into the investment space as part of their portfolio because when market cycles change, a lot of people aren't prepared for a 2008 type of collapse. And I, I think that, that when you can have uh, investment properties, you make money buying, you make money selling, and then you make money again when those same investors decide that the market's gone up enough that they want to sell their property with you five or seven years later. So it's almost like building some sort of annuity. Yeah, you know, we're going to get into that in a second, but there's, but there's almost like a strategy where even when you're an agent buying for your own properties or selling for your own properties, you're still making money as an agent in that transaction. And maybe it's going into your equity or maybe it's, it's, it's helping you on the other side. But even if you're your own customer, uh, you're making money uh, out there getting transactions. And so it counts getting transactions. You know, the, I, I've talked about it a lot, but a few months ago when, you know, the market kind of slowed down, right? So I made a lot of money buying and selling foreclosures, but the foreclosure market completely stopped with the moratorium. And the, but thank goodness I have a bunch of, a bunch of rental properties and my rental properties has been my income that has kept everything going the last few months when my normal day job has been shut down. And so I think, so you, you got your license and you said 98, 99. So you got to go through, you know, 2001 where the economy starts booming, interest rates are getting lowered. We're trying to fix everything after September 11th. 2005, you're an agent where the market is really at a peak. And then you're also an agent during the 2007, 2008, 2009 crash, right? So the, what, what was that experience like for you? You know, because you've been through it and we may be heading towards something like that right now. We may be going toward a little bump. We may be going toward a big correction. Um, but I think it's important to talk about when times got rough before. So with the dot-com uh, bust originally in 2000, 2001, I had uh, my first month in real estate, I made about 17 sales, uh, not all closed, you know, but 17 and I got under contract, under contract in the first month, 17, because I was young, I was in my 20s, all my friends were getting married and, and, and they had all known that I was getting my license, so they waited for me and I had a lot of things lined up. Um, as soon as that happened, one of the things we did is we grew a team, you know, we had Adam uh, working in the subdivision, we had uh, a brokerage and so the first stage of it, when it started to hit I remember where I was when the, when the planes crashed into the World Trade Towers. We were negotiating a billboard for our real estate brokerage and, and, uh, when, we, when we heard the news. And, and when that first storm hit, 
you know, we diversified by building teams and making sure that we could make, we were making less money and, and doing less transactions, but because we had recruited a bunch of agents that were working with us and we got a percentage of their deal, you know, we still did well. So I think that if you're an agent, figuring out how to build a team, you know, how, how can you have a team, maybe get some buyer's agents onto your team and do some delegation, train others and help them make money and succeed. And, and I think that can really help as well. So Adam, when you started transitioning from being a, you know, a traditional agent to rep, you know, to becoming an investment specialist, what was that transition like? And what, what triggered that? Was there a, was there a moment that, that said, cause you talked about finding the niche you're good at. Was there a moment you're like, Hey, this is what I'm good at. I'm going to go all in on this. What was that like? Well, yeah, but the moment that took a while, there was the initial was, Hey, this is what I'm interested in. And, and I was interested in investing and learning how investments work. And so after, you know, like I said, a couple of years in traditional real estate, I actually started getting my securities licenses. I got licensed in securities and insurance and I ended up doing financial planning and investment advisory services for about seven years. And I did real estate on the side until the market crashed. When the market crashed, this previous recession, I was doing, um, but I was doing maybe more commercial real estate on the side, more focused on multifamily, self-storage, things like that. When the market crashed, and Jared, I think at the time was doing some real estate, some coaching with Robert Kiyosaki and Rich Dad Poor Dad. He was a Rich Dad Poor Dad coach out in Utah. And the market crashed. He flew back, I think, just before that, around that time. And him and I got together. He had been focusing more on single family homes. I'd been focusing just on working with investors and cash flowing commercial product. And we just really started working together at that time and focusing on the greatest opportunity that we saw, which was all these single family homes that were so discounted in fantastic markets. And so I left what I was doing, jumped into real estate full time. Jared jumped in there full time, stopped doing the coaching and we focused and we, we sold hundreds and hundreds of single family homes that were 20, 30, and $40,000. I remember the first time we sold one house, it was uh, four-sided brick, five bedrooms, three or four baths, $50,000. We were like, man, who's going to buy this for $50,000? It was built in like 2003 or 2005. All of these properties were 1990 and newer. They were all built within the last 10, 20 years. They were so discounted. It was just amazing. And we, we first started selling to investors, and then the hedge funds, you know, different Wall Street came in. They saw what we were doing. They, you know, they, lo in, they loved it. And then we started selling to institutional buyers. We represented about eight of the largest single family buyers in the country and did acquisitions, I guess, over a thousand properties during that period and of time. My most rewarding transaction during that time period was a personal friend of mine that was a rich dad, poor dad coach with me. And we helped him get about about seven properties in over 10 years, he made nearly a million dollars off of the cash flow and then the equity once he sold the properties and 1031 exchange them. He made nearly a million dollars in 10 years off of seven properties. I and remember, got, remember a, that. got a son with, with Down syndrome, I mean, sorry, with uh, autism uh, that uh, it really made a big difference in their lives because they, you know, they worry about you know, taking care of their son and being able to, 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 to provide a good life. And he was, he's able to live off of all the passive income he has from assets. So, uh, 
uh, it's really rewarding. And I, I can't believe how many real estate agents go through these cycles and they sell investment properties to other people and they don't participate themselves. And I think that's a, a really important uh, piece of advice. Don't take all of your commissions and go buy the boat or move to the bigger house in the country club. Make sure you're building a real estate investment portfolio uh, off of some of the bigger commissions. Take some of the big months and roll it into assets that'll put passive income in your pocket. Rockstar Nation, this is Aaron Muchastegui. Hey, I hate to interrupt the current podcast that you're listening to, but I am so excited to share this with you. I just finished interviewing the original host of this podcast, my good friend, Pat Hyven. Yeah, I got to talk to Pat about how he started his real estate career and a whole bunch of tips and tactics that he used to be successful. So if you haven't listened to it yet, go check out State of the Market number 49. On there, I get to talk to Pat about all those different things. You know, and in there too, he talked a lot about his six steps for seven figures book and training program that he built over the last couple of years. And I realized I haven't done a good enough job of reminding all of you lately about all of the resources that we built for you out there. So if you want to check out Pat's course, we've got like a three minute summary video when you go to it includes so many easy to follow tips that you can follow on it like a day to day basis. You can email reminders, all sorts of different things that come with that course. You find that you go to rebusuniversity.com, R-E-B-U-S, rebusuniversity.com. Look at courses. You can find the six steps for seven figures book. And really there's a whole bunch of other courses in there too. Our normal prices used to be $1,500 or $2,000 a course. These are real deal professional courses. But now uh, during quarantine, a lot of them are priced down like 90 bucks, 95 bucks. So we've slashed the prices because we know right now is the time for everybody to be focusing on growth and education, especially while they're feeling like they don't have as much to do. And if you go in there and you figure like, like there's a lot of different courses you want, maybe you don't want to buy the a la carte. You can go to futureofrealestatetraining.com and you can get access to all of our different courses for 97 bucks a month. I think there's a discount on there if you go a year or there's even like a lifetime option that you can pay. You get access to every course we've ever put on Rebus University for as long as we have it. So go check out those options, Rebus University or futureofrealestatetraining.com. All right, back to your podcast. Sorry for the interruption. There is no industry I know of like real estate that has the ability for you to become an expert without a college education, like to be able to learn from other people and start making a bunch of money quickly, but then also where you could invest a little money along the way and have seven properties and make a million dollars. Like that is, it, it is crazy. I, I don't know of another industry out there like it. It's one of the reasons why I get so excited about it. And I think so many of our listeners get excited about it. I mean, honestly, a lot of people get into real estate because they go like, whoa, the commission for that was $3,000. Oh, the commission for that was $6,000. That's why I'm making, that's why I'm making a month. That's why I'm making two months. I should go become an agent. You know, so I think, I think money is one of those draws at the beginning, but then really seeing like how prof how big of an opportunity there is. I don't think, uh, I don't think all of our, all the people that are new agents quite comprehend that yet. And it's exciting, exciting to see that. So Right now, so how many transactions have you guys done in the last year, and and what do you think the average price of those is? Over three hundred transactions. Uh, we've done them in Huntsville, Birmingham, Montgomery, uh, Atlanta, uh, Columbus, and Macon, Georgia, and uh, South Bend, Indiana. We did uh, about sixty-five doors just in South Bend. And I think one thing about that is there's always a great market. If you think your market's dried up, you think there's no uh, investment properties where you are. There's always a different market if you know where to look. Uh, so we've been able to do a lot of transactions and I'll let Adam answer the second half of that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so in most of the product, anywhere transactions ranges from, you know, uh, 
maybe 125,000 on average, up to 200,000 on average on those transactions. Some a little bit lower, some a little bit more. But ultimately, remember, um, we're focusing on investors, and it really most investment product across the nation, good investment, cash flowing rental properties are less than 250,000 new or existing. And so we analyze markets all across the country. We find out where we feel like the best deals are, the best opportunities are, and we identify those markets. And then we move from there into finding the best product in those markets. And ultimately we can determine, Hey, is this a eight cap market or 12 cap market or what type of returns does this market throw off and what direction is it going? Where's it at? As Jared mentioned in the life cycle. And, and then we go in there and then we just drill for oil for our investors, find them the very best deals. Yeah. The, uh, you know, you guys have even built some software about that. We'll talk about that in just a second. And that kind of shows you how to jumpstart right. that. But the, how many, how many investor clients do you guys write offers for now? Is it, just, is it one or two people that you're buying and selling a lot of deals for when you do those? Do you have to do reduced commissions? No, no, not at all. It's in reality is we're not doing really anything for any institutions right now that that kind of shifted as, and it was funny as the, as the market started to come back. So we used to have to have at least a 13 cap on a deal for an institution to buy it. Yep. And as that went down to 12, 11, we saw the market because we analyzed everything in the market, the average, these deals, once they got below double digits down in below 10% caps, I'm talking about cash on cash return. I'm talking about a uh, cap rate. And then people started to disperse. There were people that stayed in the market long-term. There were people that went to chase yield, went to other markets, which was funny. I stayed in this primary market. Jared went and found better returns in some tertiary markets and some secondary markets. Um, both worked out really well, different strategies though. And right now it's mostly individual investors. So one investor will sell maybe one, two or three properties. And we sell the other properties to other individual investors. And sometimes we've even done 1031 exchange where we've sold 30 properties at once. And that's been, been a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. But we've got about 5,000 investors in our database that buy from us on a regular basis. They're repeat buyers. And I think that's one of the opportunities for agents to be able to get into the investment uh, business and make sure that you've got a database of people who come back to you again and again. They buy from you, then they often will flip through you. So if they're if they're buying it, that you, you're going to get a commission on the front end. You're going to get a commission on the back end, and then you may end up reselling it uh, five years later. Sometimes and I, I really like that aspect of it. That's an amazing point. So I mean, we're talking. We always talk to you guys, all you listeners out there, about building that database, about building that database, and reaching out to that database, and growing that database through time and how people grow it. Something that Jared and Adam have talked about here though is the, if you have, if your database is investors, so if your database is people that are buying and living in their home, they may do a couple transactions with you in their lifetime, but chances are they're gonna buy a house, live there for five years, call you back five years later, so maybe you should do two or three. But if you have an investor uh, in, your, in your portfolio and you do one deal for them, there's a much better chance that you're gonna be doing a deal for them every year or a deal for them every, you know, a few times a year. And so it is a, so if you had 5,000 investors in your database or 15,000 you know, end user buyers, I would say the 5,000 investor database is going to get you more transactions. And so how did you guys, what was your biggest secret of building that list of investors? So, you know, Jared, I think when in the beginning we didn't have a list, actually, I think- We Jared were going a, out to HUD homes because anybody could advertise- And listing them. Beginning. And we would shoot YouTube, we would shoot videos mm -hmm. and, and post them to Facebook and, and, yeah. and get 
tons and tons of buyers who wanted to buy based on seeing our videos on Facebook. That's how we started. Uh, honestly, though, you know, now social media has become, you know, what what it is with Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and LinkedIn. There's so many more ways to network people, and sometimes I always think to myself, so, or and, and we people always ask, so, do you have to go get an investor first? Do you find the deals first? Is it a chicken and egg thing? And I always default to property first. Go find the deal, and that's what Jared and I started. Go find the deals, market those deals, and then buyers come. And but you guys would even it. do it when it wasn't. So you'd go out to a HUD home. They weren't ours. Yeah. That, that wasn't yours and say, hey, here's the deal. If you're an investor, here's your return. You know, the stuff that Jerry was asking. It's This one's 1,400 square foot. You could probably rent it for 800 bucks and here it is. And and so you you would get the people that way and they, maybe you're going to get a deal. So you'd, you'd focus on that property. That is a... Uh, a great idea for people i mean right now that's kind of like people go do open houses for other agents and that's a way to get there but the but but that's another method of finding the deal marketing that deal and then but marketing toward investors what are the things that import that investors are asking you for statistics like if they're if you're if you're going to bring an investor a deal what is the stuff that you put on that email so now we have pretty good performance the performer tells everything but we want to give them what the cash on cash return is what the cap cap rate is uh, we want them to be able to know how much cash flow per month they're going to have. Uh, we give them comps of, uh, so they can see what the other properties are selling for, so they can see that it may be an equity position. And, and so it's a lot of that, you know, calling cost, out of pocket cost, things like that. Yeah. So what let's the talk. Might be for the area. That's yeah. That's a good point too, right? That's how you make a million dollars over ten years. Is it's not only cash flowing, but you have appreciation and you get it for a deal. There's, I mean, there's a lot of uh, to that equation. So you guys, for the longest time, were doing this with like spreadsheets, and then you built your own software yes. to try to do this analysis and and try to see it. And then more recently, you've actually built that software in a way that you can actually market it and other people can start using it. And, and when I built my portfolio builder software, it was the same thing, right? I just yeah. built it for myself. It was, I, I started using it in 2009 and we would add a feature and add a feature and add a feature. And last year, you know, for our foreclosure listing service, we started releasing that, right? But it was the stuff that we had built for ourselves and now we're sharing it. And now you guys have done that through house folios. So tell me about the evolution of creating house folios and then, you know, take, take you know, have a chance to tell people what that is if, if they're going to go look for it. Adam's more technical than me, and I'll let him talk about the, the details, but I, when it started, we would get up at like 4, 35 o'clock in the morning because it was a red-hot market, and we were competing yeah. against other major hedge funds, and so we had to analyze the MLS, then Adam figured out how to download it all in, into our spreadsheets, and we would literally sort through, go through the pictures, go through the numbers, decide which ones make sense, and then we would send out a team of scouts to literally go through 30 to 50 properties a day with three or four different scouts in different seg segments of the city, shooting pictures, telling us what, what we thought the rehab scope was going to be, gathering all this data, while our analysts back at the office would plug all that stuff into the, into the spreadsheets. Yeah, it was just like Jared said, it was really interesting. Um, we had spoke with some investors, and they said, well, you know, Jared and I were talking and decided we need to find out what are the very best deals on the market in all of Metro Atlanta right now. And we need to put that list together. We need to get it over to our investor. So in doing that, I ended up, I quickly narrowed it down to about 200 properties that seemed to be very good deals in Atlanta. And I had to underwrite all 200, or maybe a little bit more than that, of those properties. It took me three 10-hour days. And so after three days, 
10 hours a day, literally 10 full hours for three days. I said, here it is. These are the very best deals in the Atlanta Metro right now. And then as soon as I had finished it, it was outdated. And so I was like, okay, yeah. we got to come up with a better process than this. So uh, and then sometimes the spreadsheets would get so overloaded that it would be thinking and you thought you were dealing with accurate data and you'd have a cell that was pretty important, like maybe what your equity was or how much profit there was in the deal. Yeah. And it was frozen off by $10,000. Dude, I remember the days of Excel where the, yeah. yes, the computers were not fast enough to update all the time. Yes. Yeah, we did. So we ended up basically, we exported all the data from the MLS and we went through this analysis process. It took about 45 minutes. So in about 45 minutes, so which was a huge improvement from three days to 45 minutes, I could tell you where the very best deals were on the market at any given time. You could get whatever buy box you had. If this was your buy box, whatever algorithm it was, we could apply that and run that across everything in MLS and tell you where the deals were. And so as we would find those deals, do those buy box, so you can see how a lot of the institutional buyers loved that model where we could basically so run it as a 48-hour or 72-hour model. We would analyze all the deals, get them out. The scouts would go scout the property, make offers from the driveway, and we were just turning and burning. And then over time, as we were using this for ourselves, we built it into software. And once we had built the software, the first piece of the software, the first time we built it, it took 60 days to build it cost you know maybe like you know seven or eight thousand dollars and I in within five minutes I could tell you where the very best deals were anywhere in the metro Atlanta in five minutes yeah huge improvement way less work and then we pushed it all to a website and all our investors would just go to that website and make offers right there on the website and then our agents were like order takers and they would just take orders and it was fantastic honestly we, actually Jared do you remember we had in there what, what thought the rehab cost was going to be what the after repair value was the the the, the uh, pro forma everything's there yep. all the, the numbers the real estate broker one thing i loved about that is is I, I i was actually turning down clients that wanted me to go sell them a half a million dollar home because making fifteen thousand dollars driving them around for three months was a lot more work than just getting one guy who wanted to buy five investment properties that i put in my car he just looked at our at our analysis on our website and pulled the trigger based on the pro forma, it was way easier work and more lucrative. Well, when you give them, like when uh, most agents, they were just sending them um, MLS links, sending them listings, right? When you do the underwriting and do the work and you can tell if it's a good deal or not, and you send them, hey, this is a good deal, all of a sudden they're not telling you what to buy. They're not driving driving the train. You're telling them, look, this is your, once you get to know them, this is what you want to do. Okay, great. This is what you need to buy. This is what it's going to look like, and this is where you need to buy. And you're telling them what to do, and, and, and the, you're driving the it. There's out there that are thinking, well, you're buying, you're selling thirty-five dollars and $50,000 houses. I want no part of that. The commissions are too small. I don't want to mess with it. But here's the thing. We, we were charging a minimum of $5,000 fees. If they paid a nine hundred dollar commission, the client would still write a check to us for forty one hundred bucks because they recognized for us to get them the home run deal, we couldn't make, we couldn't keep our doors open at nine hundred dollars transaction. So it was still lucrative. 
And then we got busy and then we started charging them $1,000 up front before we, if they wanted five properties, they gave us $5,000 and or, or whatever it was. And we started charging them a thousand bucks up front to go do that work because it became so popular. But if Jared, if you actually, I was reminded, if you remember when we first started doing this, we were just doing it kind of part time to see if it would work. And our first, I think it was a month and a week, we put 25 properties under contract that first yeah. month. And yeah. then we're like, okay, it works. And we were just selling online. We basically, it was just kind of an online thing. We send them to a website. They, it, it tells you had all the financials, had everything in there and, and wanted to see. And they just like, okay, I want this one, this one, this one, and this one. And we were just taking orders. So those and investors. Then we, we sold many of those properties three and four times. I mean, we, we accumulated a lot enough that we started selling a lot of them to the big, big uh, hedge funds. We're buying packages of 30 to 50 homes because these small investors had, had packaged together enough properties that we were selling them to the big hedge funds. Man, I am I am convinced by your strategy that your guys' strategy to focus on investors has worked out really well for you. I mean, not only is that investor lead somebody that's going to do multiple transactions, right? You're saying the house can even turn into multiple transactions because you bought it for one investor, you sell it to another investor. Now that investor is going to help you. So you could actually sell the same house four times working for four different investors. That investor could have you do four different deals for them uh, as they do it. And you could even charge a premium value if, yeah. it, if it's like, hey, some people are like, hey, I don't want to write offers on $50,000 houses because the commission's so small. But if you're actually the one telling them this one is a deal and here's why, you're, you're also saying that as an agent, you could go to people and say, hey, I'm doing this special. Uh, you're going to make 20000 on it, so I need an extra two or $3,000. Uh, and at the I guess when it was a hot market, that was a much easier conversation to have. Um, and, and, and later down the road, they partner with you. Yeah. And there were other times where I would have disclosures make and I'd have painting crews and I would let them use my painting crews or my flooring crews and I'd end up making money off the painting or the flooring sometimes. You have to get, a, get another disclosure sign for that where they acknowledge that you may make some income. But then on top of that, when you're referring it to the property manager, there's been months where I've made four to $5,000 a month extra just from referrals to property management. It was, you, know, you don't get rich off of that, but the, it's multiple streams of income. Yeah, turning yeah multiple streams of income and in, in, in investing and being able to do that so many different ways. Well, we, we only have a few minutes left. So if somebody goes to Housefolios, right? And I think we've got like a special link or something that we can share for our Real Estate Rockstars listeners. We always have yeah. like special codes that get them extra pre-trials. But if they go there, if an agent goes there, what are they going to get? So, so you, so you kind of said you go to a city and it's going to make it really easy to see the deal. So if you've got a, an investor in, you know, Dallas, Fort Worth, that wants to, that says, or an agent says, Hey, I want to be an agent. I want to represent investors in Dallas. I need to tell them what the best deals are. Do they go to house folios? Do they type in Dallas and it says, Hey, here's the best deals. How does that work? So, so yeah, you can go to house folios and I think uh, we do have a special link and, and a discount. You go to housefolios.com forward slash R E rock stars. Yep. And, but ultimately when they go to the site, we're built, we, we're con continuing to build out the site right now. It does three very important things. It allows you to plug into the MLS or take a large list. If you've got a portfolio, a large list of properties, upload it in the software and you can filter and screen through all the stuff that you don't want to see down to the very good deals that you do want to see. So you can filter a list or you can filter the MLS and then you can take those properties, those five or 10 deals, move them over and underwrite them within minutes. You can do a quick underwriting, check comps, check your renovations, you know, check your rents and your after repair value, do a quick underwrite, and then you can create a pro forma. 
create a nice looking professional pro forma that you can email to your hard money lender if you're buying or you can email it over to your investor and let them make a buying decision all that within minutes you can do a gray label site if you're you know selling or flipping properties on a regular basis and right now we're still building out um, some other components there's a sourcing component we're building out offer to close portfolio management um, a disposition you know marketplace we're about to release so a lot of good things in the works that we're pretty excited about I love that you can look at any any property in your portfolio and see them in a uh, list and see which one's your top performing which one has the most equity which one has the highest cash on cash return which ones are my winners, which ones are my losers. And I know which ones to sell and which ones to keep. Yeah, you know, I even, I reached out to you guys because I have this pool of houses that I'm looking at, right? And so it was like, hey, this, the, you know, this, this company, this, this, this hedge fund type company that said, hey, here's, here's 400 houses I could offer on. Yeah. And your team is like uploaded to the, to the system. And so now I can look at it and say, because that's always the worst when some, they say, hey, you can buy any of these houses and you're trying to figure out which ones are better than the others. And, and once it gets imported, you can say, hey, here's the, here's the winners. That's here's right. the ones that you should buy. Here's the 100 that you shouldn't touch at those That's prices, right. and here's why. Um, yeah, really cool way to get people jump-started. And I think, and I think twofold. I mean, one of, the, one of the things that we've been trying to talk to people over the last few months is, the, you know, is that we need to have backup plans, right? So whereas maybe three to six months ago, we were talking to agents, and we were focusing on this is how you can be a rock star agent, and we weren't saying anything else. And now over the last few months, we've been reminded that it's okay to have a backup plan. And I think the best backup plan for real estate agents is to also become a real estate investor, right? Yeah. To be able to invest in some of your own stuff. Maybe that you buy one house a year or one house every five years or one house every 10 years. We just heard Jared's example of the seven houses to a million dollars within 10 years. Like that is fantastic, you know? And so having that backup plan so you can become an investor yourself. But also, you know, from what we've heard today, being you know, agents out there, if you guys aren't already tailoring to investors, if you don't have part of your business that's tailoring to investors, I would, I would hear the argument here that an, a lead of an investor is a super unique lead that could be you know, very valuable that can go a bunch of different ways. And one of the tools that these guys are bringing is you can go to, if, 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 if you're an agent right now, you know, from what it sounds like, you can go to Housefolios. You can plug in to your market and find 10 deals that are listed on the MLS that should be great. And now you can, you can send them out to people on your list that are investors or go figure out how to market to those investors and say, hey, I found 10 deals on the MLS right now that are active. There's no offers on them and they're great investments. So being able to use tools like that to form and start your investment company. And maybe you're going to find some along the way. I remember I've met a lot of agents that were like, hey, we tried to buy this one and the buy, we asked the, you know, they asked the buyer, David Osborne, one of his first deals, he showed a guy and said, hey, do you want to buy this one? Is his client. His client said, no, I don't want to buy it. And David said, okay, then I'm going to buy it for myself, right? And you know, he was going to be the agent first, and that turned out to be one of his first investment homes that he, you know, now he owns hundreds and it's still there. So, guys, any, uh, I mean, that was a really fun, I mean, almost hour of us getting to talk about, you know, your guys' focus and expertise. Anything that I'm forgetting, I mean, the, so the link again, housefolios.com forward slash RE Rockstars. It'll be on our YouTube link. It'll be on the website when it's there. Or go to Housefolios and say you heard about us on, on, on Real Estate Rockstars. I definitely think you guys should go check it out. I think the stuff is, I, I build and sell my own software, and I think, the, I think the stuff that they've built has been great. But guy, Adam and Jared, anything I'm forgetting? Any, any last thoughts you want to tell the real estate agents out there right now? You know, you know really, um, it's you believe in yourself. You know, we started this 10 years ago. We're on a mission. We are going to change the way people buy and sell real estate. We're going to buy and sell real estate differently in the future because of what we're doing right now. 
and you've got to believe in yourself and always have goals. I think it's really important to make sure that you're providing value. Really lead with what you can do for others. Nobody cares about your resume or what you've done for you in the past or why you're so good. Talk about what you can do for them. How are you going to help them? Why are you providing value for them? If you lead with value and people think you're just way over providing value more than anybody they've ever seen, you'll get the business and you'll get so many more referrals and you'll get great, incredible client loyalty. Yeah. I love, I love that advice from, advice from both of you guys. The, um, you know, usually I say I get to see you guys every few months at some of these conferences. I don't know when the next time will be since, you know, COVID right. has kind of put a damper on some of those things that we get to meet at. But, you know, it, it's always fun to get to chat with you guys. And even though I've got to hang out and talk to you guys a bunch of times, I learned so much from you guys today, parts of stuff about your story that I hadn't realized before. You know, Adam, big congratulations on adding baby number seven. <laughs> you know, during all this craziness and big congratulations to both of you on not just keeping your business, you know, successful and, you know, and being able to have something that can work right now while everybody's at home, but also launching the software. I know you guys have a few other partners on this thing and everybody's really excited about. It. So thanks for coming on the show. Uh, Real Estate Rockstars, the hopefully you got a ton of value from that episode. You know, remember you can always, you know, you go find all of our, our toolbox, you know, from every agent that comes on, you get a special deal with House Folios right now if you use our link and then go to hybendigital.com or anywhere podcasts can be downloaded, Real Estate Rockstars. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. That was a lot of fun. Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful, please I need you to pull out your pointing finger, yes, the one finger that points at people, and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better we look in the ratings, and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on the million-dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get, so please subscribe. And listen... There's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys, and I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that, too. Have a great day, and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.